during January, we're looking at some of the words, or during the new year, we're looking at some of the words that were brought at the end of last year to us, prophetic words. And one of the first words that God brought to us was about a new way forward. We're on a new road, we're going along a new path. And I was thinking about going on a journey. And what do we need when we go on a journey? First of all, we need to know where we're going. Interestingly, God has said to us, you don't need to know where you're going, I'll show you the way. But when we prepare to go on a journey, if we're going by car these days, we stick the destination into the sat-nav. We've got something that guides us along the way. And the sat-nav tells us exactly where to go, tells us when to turn, what to do. When Brian's flying, he needs to take navigation aids with him. He needs to know where he's going. He needs to know the rules for flying. And there are set rules. And he needs to know those rules before he sets out. Otherwise, it could be disastrous. We need to know the rules. We need to know the way as we walk along God's way. And for me, the great guidebook is God's Word. God's Word has shown me a lot over the last years. And I'm very pleased that God's Word is there to guide me. To guide me in difficult times. To guide me in the easy times. But it's there. But it's only useful if I use it. If I tend to ignore it, then I go my own way and things can go wrong. And I'm going to take today one of the verses that I love in God's Word. And I've used it time and time again. And you probably think, oh, here she goes again. But I think it's an important word that God gave us. And it's Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And this verse might seem to be a contradiction to what we've been saying to you recently. That God is telling us we're going on a new way. And yet here we are, God says, ask for the ancient paths. We are taking a new road. We are taking one that we've not trodden before. And God will go before us to clear the way. He's promised that already. But I don't believe that that verse that we've just read is a contradiction. We're not being told to go back. We're definitely not being told to go back. In fact, when I looked at the NIV study note for this verse, it said that the ancient paths were the tried and tested ways of Judah's godly ancestors. It's that godly way. That's the way God wants us to walk. And it's interesting to note that what we think is a good way isn't necessarily the best way. Back at the end of last year, I had a picture of two roads, or two ways. One was a lovely tarmac road that seemed to be an easy way to go. But on the left, 
there was this footpath, a narrow footpath, overgrown, slightly uphill. And God said, that's the one you need to choose. That's the one I want you to go along. But I'll go before you and I'll prepare the ground. I'll, I'll make the ground even. In Isaiah, God said about um, one of the Persian leaders, and my mind, memory's gone, I think it was Cyrus, but you can correct me. He said, I will make the mountains smooth before him. I'll make the way clear. And I thought to myself, you know, if God will do it for somebody who he wants to use for his purpose, how much more will he do it for us? He's got a purpose for us. And if he's promised to make the rough places smooth, he's going to do it. We don't need to worry. We, we just don't need to worry. We don't need to look at that way and say, I can't go that way. There's stinging nettles, there's stones I'll stumble over. There's lots of hazards along the way. No, God has promised to go before and clear the way for us. So we need to go confidently. But he wasn't showing us to choose the nice wide path. It was that narrow road. And Jesus said, (coughs) enter through the narrow gate. For broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few shall find it. God's showing us that narrow way. Let's take it. It's not the easier way that's always the best. And God's saying, don't just take the easy route. That's not my best for you. I want God's best. Don't about you. But as I reflected on the picture that I'd had in the original, uh, uh, originally, I saw that the wide road led downhill. Yeah, and it's easier to walk downhill, isn't it? It's nice and easy and great. But, you know, the more you go downhill the closer you get to the bottom. And once you've got to the bottom, the only way is up. And and it's a long way up once you've gone a long way down. It's a long way up. And if you're going along a pathway that's going slightly up, you're halfway there already. And it's a lot easier to go that way than to go right down to the bottom and then have to go up. So... That nice easy road isn't always the best. We can so happily take that easy option and keep going on just as we are. But God said, no. I want you to choose a new way. So what do I see as this new way forward? Well, one of the things I see as a new way forward, and and I believe God has been saying it to us over the last months, is that we are ministering as a team. Tim stepped down, and I've heard people say, but we haven't got a leader. No, we've got two other leaders still. We still have leaders. We are not leaderless. God is with us, and he is our main leader. But we have two other elders in this church working together to see what God's purpose is. So that's one thing. 
We have to get used to the idea of not having just one person who we rely on to do everything. That's not God's way at the moment. God has told us this is a new way. It's about all of us being involved. God wants to empower every one of us. Every one of us has something to bring. We, we talked in the summer about everybody has. God speaks to each one of us individually. If we want him to. If we're prepared to listen. If we're prepared to use his guidebook to show us the way. In Isaiah it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you'll hear a voice that's saying, this is the way, walk in it. The only way we'll hear that voice is if we devote our lives to relationship with God so that he can show us the way. This is what we do together when we meet as an eldership team. We spend time, first of all, seeking God for his way forward. When we meet as a wider leadership team, we spend our time listening to God, allowing him time to speak to us. It's so easy, isn't it, to just sort of think, oh, we'll tell God what what we want. And, And sometimes I think, you know, and sometimes when I've been praying, I think, Lord, all I've done is just brought you a whole shopping list of what I want you to do. But it's that learning to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And, and that's a, way, a, a thing that we have to get disciplined to do, to know that God is speaking to us. It takes time, it takes learning. I've taken 70 years to get to this point, over 70 years to get to this point, But I'm still learning. I'm still trying to get that relationship right with God. I'm not there yet. I've still got a way to go. We also believe very strongly in relationship with one another. Because as we relate with one another, we build one another up. And as we build one another, we can encourage one another. I'm always very grateful for the people along that path that I've been taking so far who came alongside me and built a relationship with me and encouraged me in my walk with God. Pat Garrett was one of the the key factors in my life. She really was because she came alongside me when I was wandering away. And she encouraged me to build that relationship with God. She encouraged me to, to pray to speak to God, to talk to God, to listen to God. But she was there to build me up over the years. There were others as well, not from this church, but but there were others that encouraged me along the way. So we need to build those relationships with one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to challenge one another, because at times we definitely need challenging. And that's good that we can challenge. We can say, hang on a minute, I'm not quite sure on that. We've got to be honest with one another. And it's all part of equipping the church. But what are we equipping the church for? What is church for? Is church so that we can come and just sit and listen and say, well, what am I getting from it today? Or is church so that we can come and say, Lord, what are you showing me today so that I can reach out into a lost world? 
I can reach out to the lost. We've already heard somebody pray for the lost and pray that we will reach out to the lost. God wants us to be reaching out. Jesus said, go into all the world. He didn't say, just stick in your little clique. He said, but go into all the world and preach the gospel. Share my good news. Tell people of my love. But we need that equipping. We need the coming together. We need the fellowship with one another. We need the encouragement, the building up, the challenging. Because without that, we can't do it. We need God too. That's why we have our relationship with him first and foremost. And our relationship with others, we've already included in that. This is where we can hear God clearly. When he says, this is it, this is the way. And be prepared to share the hope that is within us. God will prompt, God will show when it's time to say what you've got to say. And you'll know very clearly. So what do I think the path is that God wants us to take? Well, I think, first of all, it's one of righteousness. It's the way we live that counts. The way we live is seen in the world. I can remember many years ago, my first husband saying, that man goes to church, and yet the way he's behaving and the way he's living, I don't want anything to do with it because he's, he's not a good person. I don't ever want anyone to say that of me. I would rather feel that I've, I've really shone out for the Lord. I've lived a life that's cared and shown the righteousness that God wants. Graciousness. Making allowances for others. Not being critical but seeing the good in other people. They're important. God wants us to be a gracious people, a caring people. A people of mercy. And forgiveness is all important. We need to be able to forgive. Jesus was a wonderful example of forgiveness. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Can we forgive easily? Or do we hold grudges? We need to be ready to forgive at all times. And I would add in there, we need to pray a blessing at all times. Jesus said, bless those who do wrong to you. Can you do that? I've seen examples of blessing somebody. And God turns the situation round. We had one this year in a Christmas card that we hadn't heard from somebody for a long time who had been holding a grudge against us. But every time we thought about her, my prayer was, bless her, Lord. We're back in contact. God works. But we had to not have an unforgiving heart. We had to have a heart that would say, bless her. And God does the work. It's important to always deal with those things. A church of trust. I believe God wants us to be a church that trusts. 
Do we believe that God is there with us and will show us the way? Do we trust him? Do we really trust him? That's a hard one, isn't it? Do, do I trust you, God, in those difficult circumstances? And we've got to. God often says to me, trust me. He reminds me time and time again. He says, just trust me. I'll sort it. It's a tough one to let go and trust. I'd rather be in there dealing with it and doing the thing for him. But God says, no. Be still. Know that I am God. And trust me. I've got to trust him. Obedience. We don't always like that word, do we? But I want to do it my way. Why should I do it that way? But God has told us what to do. He's already told us we're on a new journey. Are we ready to trust him, to be obedient and to go forward with him? Are we really ready to go forward? Another point I think is very important. Um, it was highlighted yesterday at a meeting that we were at. But I believe that we need to put Jesus at the centre of everything we do. It should be obvious, really, but I suppose it was one of those things that you sort of just presume. But I really felt God say, I've got to stress this to everybody. We've got to put Jesus at the centre. We sang a song yesterday morning. And it's, keep me rooted in Jesus. Keep me nourished by your word. Keep me grounded in you alone. Keep me anchored to you alone. It is Christ who defines my reason to be. In him I live and breathe and move. Let my heart stay true as I follow you. I'll keep Jesus at the centre of it all. Keep my vision on Jesus. Keep me measured by your grace. Keep my feet sure on the narrow. Keep my faith strong as I follow. Jesus at the centre. Jesus at the centre. Everything begins and ends with you. <coughs> Jesus at the centre. Jesus at the centre. All praise belongs to you. I think that sums it up, doesn't it? Jesus needs to be at the centre of everything we do. At the centre of our lives. I pray that I will be able to do that. I also believe God is saying, you can't go back. So don't look for the path that will take you back. And um, I suddenly thought, if you're on a motorway, you can't just turn around, can you? Because if you suddenly do a U-turn on the motorway... There's going to be absolute carnage, absolute chaos. You're going to cause no end of pile-ups. You just cannot go back. Some time ago, Brian, Tim and I were in Birmingham at a conference. We were sent out to walk around the area to see what God was telling us. And I thought, ah, oh, lovely, this is the area where I was a student. I can go back over my old haunts. I can go and see everything that I used to think was really great and... You know, just 
just really relive those wonderful student days. But as I started to walk down the road, there was that very clear voice in my head, and I'm sure it was God saying to me, you can't go back. It was so clear. You can't go back. In other words, you need to move forward. If you can't go back, you've got to go forward. In the desert, the Israelites moaned to Moses and hankered after being back in Egypt. They felt they were better there, better off there than wandering in the desert. And they said, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. They wanted what they had, but they forgot what it was like. They were hankering after what was past, and they were thinking, yeah, but we had food, we had this, we had that. But they forgot their cries to God in their, in their desperate state. They forgot the, the slavery that they were trying to escape from. And they also said, if only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots and had food to eat. We've got things there. And here we're having to trust God. It's, it's different, isn't it? And it's funny how we look back and we only see the good things. We conveniently forget the past, the bad. You know, how many times have you heard, oh, in the good old days, we had this, we had that. Yes, we may have had some good things, but you know, some of those good old days were tough. They weren't always easy. They were really hard days at times. But people forget the hard bits and only remember the good. My student days were great. But I believe God wants me to keep moving forward with him along new and exciting paths. And I hope you want to come along with me because I think they're going to be great. But I need to trust him along the way and not hanker after the past. Isaiah, in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, he says, Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Recently, Alan Scotland spoke and said, it's not about remembering the past, but it's about shaping the future with what you hold dear. And I thought... What is it that you hold dear about this church? What is it that's really special to you about this church? I'd just like you to reflect on that a second, and perhaps some people might like to say what it is that they hold dear about the church. Barbara, I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute with that. Because you said something, I don't want names mentioned, but you said something recently. Did I? <laughs> and I was going to prime you and I forgot to I'll, I'll just tell you what's come into my mind um, I was thinking um, because I haven't always been in this church but what I hold dear is um, the, the presence and the moving of the Holy Spirit which might be in, in the supernatural um, you never quite know what he's going to turn up and do, but that element of God on the move, God with us, God changing us, yeah, God okay. healing us, 
That probably wasn't what I said, was it? That wasn't what I was thinking of, but somebody else had said similar, so that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Has anybody else got anything that they really hold dear about this church? Well, I, I would say that the people here are willing to hear and move forward with God. Okay. That's what I like to and uh, that's what I hold dear. Yeah. Not a church that's stagnant or not going somewhere, but a church that really does want to move forward. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what I like is fact that we make it about the simplicity of relationship. Um, nothing about our our coming to God um, is complex, um, is structured, it's purely about us and Him. As we are. What's it here? Great. Yeah. Mm. Pardon? Communication. Communication. Okay. Friendship. Friendship. Doing the best to follow God and faithfulness to each other. Okay. Yeah? Um, why I feel this sort of deity about this judgment acceptance. Acceptance? Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've gone far further than that. <laughs> you've amazed me. Um, I think your words that I thought of first of all were that you felt accept- welcomed, accepted. Yes. So you, you've brought that one in. Um, but I think this is, you know, somebody else had said, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, we're listening to God. It's simple. There's faithfulness, there's friendship. Have I missed anything? You know, God, God is working in us. And these are the things that we're holding dear. We're not looking back, but we're saying these are precious things that we take forward with us. When Brian and I made our marriage vows, we declared that... The life we'd had with Eileen and John made us the people that we were. And, and because of that, we were taking something from the past in a way and taking it forward into the future. Because we were who we were because we'd spent time with them and, and that had moulded our lives. But we were declaring that that was important but we had a life to go forward. We had something to go forward with into the future. And I think this is what Alan was sort of trying to say. It's not about going back and remembering all those past things, but it's about remembering the things that we hold dear <coughs> that we take forward into the future. Being welcoming, having a sense of the Holy Spirit within us. 
listening to God and being prepared to move forward, being friendly, being faithful, allowing the simplicity. These are the things that we're taking forward with us. And I would add with that, the trusting. Because we've got to trust God in this. We're going on a new way. God wants to do something fresh. And this is what he's been saying to us. Some of us like to know where we're going. What lies ahead. But God was very clear to David through a word. You don't need to know. That's a tough one, isn't it? You know, that is total trust. You don't need to know. Be original. We're not walking down a road we've walked before. Scary, isn't it? In a way. But I think it's also exciting. And what God's saying to us is, look, trust me. Trust me. See, the former things have taken place, Isaiah said. And I've put in there, they were past. In the past, they're finished. Those things are finished. And new things I declare. And I think this will be an encouragement, David, because that verse goes on to say, before they spring into being, I will announce them to you. So although God said we don't need to know, he will show us. You'll hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. We've got to trust God. God also said, through Isaiah, I will lead the blind by ways they've not known, and by unfamiliar paths I will guide them. Not I'll just send them on their way. I will guide them. I'm there with them. Jesus' promise to us was, I am with you always, right to the end of the earth. When he sent the people, the disciples out and said, go into all the world. And I am with you. I'm not just leaving you to it. I'm there right with you. Jesus at the centre of it all. Jesus walks with us day by day. He doesn't walk away from us. We so often walk away from him. But he never pulls away from us. He's still there walking the path. If we stick with him, he'll show us the way. So what does this look like in the practical? Well, I've already talked about the fact that God has shown us at the moment that we are working with a team of leaders. Not an overall leader, a team of leaders. We already have two elders who are leading the church, and they're for you, they are there for you to contact if necessary. We believe we have leaders who will work together as a team to serve and encourage us as a body to step up to all that God is calling us to. But we're all in it together. It's not just Brian and Keith. It's not the eldership team. It's not the wider leadership team. Everybody has a part to play. Every one of us can hear. We've already said, you know, when you come together, everybody has. And how do we get that has? Well, we believe that we should be expectant for God to speak to us. Feed on the word. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And when he taught us to pray, he said, 
give us this day our daily bread. He didn't say give it to just the leadership. He said it to every one of us to pray it. Give us this day our daily bread. And if he gives us bread every day, we need to feed on it. If we don't, we're going to starve. Be expectant for God to speak to you as you read his word. Be expectant for God to speak to you in different ways. This isn't something that I've always done. I've not always been able to just say to God, what are you saying? But God's taught me how to listen. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Because he wants to bless you. He wants to fill you again. He wants to fill you so full that you you hear him day by day. You, You hear something and you know that it's of God. You might be frightened to bring it. Well, don't be frightened to bring it. Come and say it to somebody. Share with somebody if you don't want to speak out loud. But God wants you to feel free to declare what he's saying. Let's expect God to reveal more and more to us, to work in our lives, in the lives of our prodigals, to bring us opportunities to share the hope we have within our family, our work colleagues and neighbours. And let's see them find a relationship with him. Let's be expectant. It may be daunting, this new path, but it's also exciting as we look for all that God has to reveal to us. He's already spoken clearly to us and I'm sure he's got a lot more to say. Let's open our ears and listen. I want to go that way. Are you going to join me? Father, we, we know that you've told us we're going on a new way. It's something we've not done before. But Lord, we... We're daunted at times, but excited. But Lord, we know that we're not going alone. And we thank you that you're there with us to clear the way, to guide us, to direct us along that route. Help us, Lord, to be people who are prepared to listen to you more and more. Help us to be people that want to be involved in your kingdom and to see more and more people added to your kingdom. Lord, we long to share your gospel. We long to just share the hope that is within us. But we need to hear you, Lord, clearly, as you say to us, now is the time. This is the way, walk in it. Lord, let us be people who hear day by day. In your precious name. Amen.